0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.
1: Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport Radio. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from Gunnerstown on the Arsenal fan show Dave Seeger and Chris. Howard. How are we, guys? Splendid. (laughs) Splendid. (laughs) Marvellous. (laughs) Always splendid. What a a great start
2: to the show that is. You seem very happy. I'm always happy. No, I'm not. not. So not true. I'm seriously not always happy. The sun's shining, at least that's it.
0: Therefore, you're wearing a suit with a waistcoat.
2: (laughs) 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 Hashtag brand, mate. Got to keep your hashtag brand going.
0: Well, you should be happy because... Two
1: wonderful results in the International Champions Cup. You've defeated Fiorentina and Bayern Munich. I
0: mean... That wasn't the first game in the ICC then? Who do we... Oh, Colorado Rapids. Colorado Rapids, mm. yes. That was just a warm-up to in, the warm-ups.
2: Invincibles 2.0. <laughs>
0: well, it's all looking up, right? 3-2 and two
1: for Eddie Nketiah. Yeah. Lots, lots of youth.
2: He's looking good. He's looking very, very good. Um, there's a few that are looking good, actually. S- not even the youth. Some of the old as well.
0: Apparently Ozil
2: playing well. Whew. He is. Who knew? So I-, I get excited and start uh chirping about Ozil yet.
0: Well, no. look, before
1: we okay. get on to actually the the three games in question, Meza Ozil, we have to discuss what the hair or the performance. The hair, the look, <laughs> the new Megan Rapinoe. He's gone she's, she's finally made the Premier League. What do you make of this look? What's he do? Do you think he's watched the Women's World Cup and thought, "I'm going
2: to have a He's bit got of that? he's got fan gold? Fanboy, boy, fan girl? Or maybe
0: he's trying to just win the German population back over by looking more airy.
2: That is a certain argument. Careful, I'm going to move swiftly careful. on there, Dave.
0: Shuffles <laughs> um, his papers. Colorado Rapids,
1: right. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli, we have to talk about him. Obviously, a new signing this summer. He's impressed. Scored a goal with his shoulder, right? In off the yeah. shoulder. Ooh, yeah, that's
2: very Balotelli-esque. Unorthodox. Balotelli-esque. Do you know what? I saw that signing, £6 million, and thought, we aren't seeing you for three years, but I've sort you know, I, I haven't watched, I must confess, I haven't watched all of the games in every single minute because pre seasons are a little bit tiresome and everyone gets a little bit excited. And plus I seem a, to recall the 99
0: a month, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Premier, I seem it's... to
2: recall Jovinio scored on his debut and everyone got excited. We know all that particular story Aww. panned out, but. Did I have to score say in
1: his debut. Schmack, did he get one? Oh, he know. scored about sixteen
0: in the first sixteen games. He got, games, yeah, he got mate. six
2: in his first six, and he was superb. That reminds me. That's just like when I I, I played football up front for Mark Hall in Harlow, um, and in year seven I'm I'm, I'm going. I'm where, reliving now. Where are Here we I go. Going? Where are, I are we? going With this, <laughs> and I scored Crikey. in my first four games. And my head teacher, my, uh, my, my my teacher, was like, and "Once for brilliant, your own team, <laughs> brilliant, well done. Keep that up. Next game, didn't play me. Didn't play for the rest of the season because all of the lads who played for the pro clubs came in, and I just." Oh. Was the little slightly chubby kid? Yeah, that anyway, didn't get back, a game. back so. to Martinelli. <laughs> <laughs> <The pro tree laughs> Should we bring over? that back? Oh, okay. so what, Martinelli though. With the, uh, this in is the Fiorentina f-
0: game when he didn't score, mm-hmm. but he ran from his own half. I don't even if you saw the highlights. Do you know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of a very very young Theo Walcott. You know that game in the quarter final against Liverpool when he literally ran oh, from fullback all the way through and laid it on for uh, Adebayor That's before Theo Walcott forgot that all he had to do was kick the ball past someone and run, (laughs) um, like Perry Groves did before him. But uh, that's what Martinelli's got, electric pace. Literally just kicked the ball past three defenders
2: and just went. (laughs) And if he's that direct as well, then that's something to be excited about. And it gives you a complete alternative. Yeah, exactly. And I think one one of the challenges that I had with Nketiah last season was that he just seemed to. F- he didn't even. He didn't even fizzle out. He didn't really ever get started. Like he had a few games in the Europa League, and, and he, he tried just, so yeah. hard when he had the it, few minutes. It looked like it, didn't it? It looked like he was almost trying too hard. Desperately hard. yeah. Didn't score. Wasn't really. You know, he didn't have the impact that he'd had the season before. You know, Martinelli. It's been a positive start. Let's just hope that he gets a few more minutes. Maybe he gets some time. Um, but also, in you the but League but Cup.
0: Also you've got Saka, who plays in exactly the same position, who's also played well in the pre season friendlies.
2: So, what you're saying, we don't need Saha? Well, <laughs> that's in a later segment. Well, um, actually, no. <laughs> st- sticking on
1: Enketia in particular, only on the pitch for nine minutes in that game and, and made such an impression. He's a bit of a fox in the box, isn't he? Now, there was once a fox in the box at Arsenal. Brandy Jefferson. It didn't work out <laughs> not
2: too well for him, did it? <laughs> Ian Wright. <laughs> he was brilliant. Silver and Wilton. Yeah. Um I I am I'm still not sure on Enquettier, if I'm honest, I think the jury is still out and every single season there are players for us in the preseason that, you know, they look good and then when when it comes down to crunch time and when we actually Chuck have sneaky. Yeah, when we have some, some serious football to be played. It yeah. doesn't look the same. And that's also, but, to an extent, I know people are getting excited by Nelson, but last season he tailed off a little bit with with Wolfsburg, didn't he? So, or Hoffenheim. Or Hoffenheim, yes, sorry. Yeah.
0: He never well, got started with Wolfsburg, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting
1: because Unai did, did allude to that after the game, didn't he? And he said that we were contemplating sending Enketia on loan to Germany. And Enketia's even said... To Emery, apparently they've had a discussion. He's still not sure as to whether that would be the right move for him. But Emery said, You've got to earn your place in this side. I want you. You're part of my plans this yeah. season.
0: Well, that, that, that's what happened in January when Welbeck got injured because he was going. Mm. He was already, I think he was going to Orsburg or, the, mm. another, or Freiburg was it? He was going to yeah. another German side. A Berg. Uh, a Bergie. Oh, at the same time as uh, Emil Smith Rowe was going to Le- the Zieg, not, not a Berg, a Zieg. Yeah. So, yeah, he was going to go and then Welbeck got injured, so he stayed and he didn't get a lot of football. But uh, I think he's taking Welbeck's role. You know, whether we play one up front or two up front, we need a third striker, and it, I think it's him. So I think he's got a great opportunity. This we series. need a
2: third striker, and we need a hell of a lot of wide forwards because I don't want to see Mkhitaryan. I don't care how good he's been, this or if he's been any good this pre-season. No, he hasn't. I don't want to. <laughs> Don't want to see him.
1: Is that really the case now? You want Mkhitaryan out. You actually want the club to sell Mkhitaryan. Oh, I'm hoping, really. Yeah,
0: big money. We've all we've all tried and wanted him. I mean, not just tried. I desperately wanted him to succeed. I remember when Charlie, who's one of our other guys on the show, who's close to people at the training gown, there was there was a, there was a qu- Wenger said to someone apparently when he was first first training session, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce of a player. He wanted him, obviously, before he went to Man United. And, oh, Rolls Royce of a player. And he was. Mm. In in Dortmund, he was. And -hmm. you see flashes and you think, God, you want him so much to succeed. I thought, you know, with the way Alexis was playing towards the end, we were desperate to see him go, to be honest, by that. And I thought it was a great move. And he just. Never quite worked. You really thought that link up
1: with Aubameyang because they played oh. together at Dortmund and, and the first game, right? Was yeah. it three Everton. assists
2: or was it Everton. Yeah. Everton 5 1 smashed it? And you're all, we're all getting excited, but we forgot the uh, haunting presence of Mourinho that clearly uh, mm-hmm. makes him. Yeah. Clearly, killed Mourinho, him Mourinho killed him, and every time he obviously wakes up in cold sweats. It gets another, it's another, face. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a
0: lesser. It's, it's like bail, but you know a slightly lesser situation I'm sure there's lots of clubs who would like to sign Mkhitaryan who think they can make a player room but 200 grand a week certainly back in Germany you mm. know, even Bayern Munich aren't paying those sort of wages it's yeah. tough I
1: think it's time in the Premier League is most certainly done absolutely and you mentioned Pierre-Emerick or Bamiang there
0: looking sharp yeah Apparently in that first game he was playing injured as well because he sat out the the, uh, the last game didn't he? Oh really? Yeah, he, he scored. I think he's was everyone getting rave reviews, but he was playing with a bit of a tight hamstring
2: or something. So we're polishing but... him up for of Man United, then are we? Well,
0: what's what's the because there were whispers right that he was
1: going to be used as a bit of a make weight with regards to Wilf Zaha, and you'd get or off the books to get Zaha. On the books is it, he seems very committed to Arsenal from yeah. what you can
0: see, and obviously there's his bromance with uh, Lacassette Absolutely, I think the, the the only question is, and I tweeted about it the other day just to get people's opinion, but it, <laughs> I just I've sensed that that he played three at the back with two strikers last season out of, towards the end out of desperation, not out of choice, and I think whatever system he plays, it's not going to be a two striker system, so. Abamyang is not going to be playing through the middle at the same time. It's not going to be two of them. So, Abamyang, if he's going to play with Lacassette, he's going to be playing wide in a 3 or a 4 2 3 1, which he did a lot of last season. He can do that, which Lacassette can't. But I do think you lose the essence of Abamyang, the fox in the box, and the, and the lethal finisher if you play him out wide, which means Lacassette can't play. So, you can sort of see the logic in people saying, well, if Sahara is coming in and he wants to play a star wide player, then one of those two is not going to play. So, you can see where those that, that would come mm. from. L- Lacassette, sorry.
2: Go on. No no go. On. I
1: was going to say Lacazette against Fiorentina did just drop back slightly didn't he? Adopted a more of a number 10 role. Had a bit of time on the ball. Looked like he was quite comfortable. So there. this
2: is my thing about um if we're going if you're going to play with three forwards and those types of forwards if they're rotating regularly and they are players that are intelligent enough that will talk to each other and communicate and rotate so you're going to have 5 minutes with Lacazette through the middle, 5 minutes with Aubameyang through the middle, then fine. But we don't we haven't done that for years. Actually, years and even last season, when Obamiang went to the left, he pretty much just exclusively stayed on the left. Whereas I would have hoped that these footballers would mix it up a little bit because mm. that makes it really difficult from a defensive point of view to be able to track runners. The game where the
0: the one game where Aubameyang worked for the team was that um, semi-final, wasn't it, against Valencia? Yeah. He's just Brilliant. inspired. One of, mean, one of the best performances. It's like an henri S performance. And it, and we know he's capable of it, but we, ha- we, we haven't seen that often. Else. Whereas Lacazette, like you get that work crate every single week, which is why he won Fans Power of the Year. And you know, I think everyone knows about Miyang's a more complete centre-forward, but for pure work crate and effort, you've got to mm. love Lacazette.
1: Like Elsewhere, James Ollie Yinka, been at the club for 12 years. He obviously came up, lovely little performance from him. And against Bayern, Serge Nabry, what was that like watching Nabry set up a goal for Levan You said there was a little cheeky smile on <laughs> your face like...
2: Um, <laughs> Who?
1: How, how do you feel about Nabry <laughs> now?
2: I feel a little bit bitter that we, he was so mish, mish managed, mismanaged by Arsenal. He should have been given his chances and he started to get chances, I think in, in his last season, he scored, didn't he, against Crystal Palace at Palace. And he started Sweet. to look like the player there. But the West Brom move was ridiculous and should never have happened. I think even Arsene Winker probably should have invested a little bit more hope and uh, uh, and given him more games. You time. say it's easy to be wise in hindsight. He was injury prone. We're talking well, about an eighteen-year-old
0: sure. kid. Mm-hmm. When you had at that time, okay, Joel Campbell was playing, but you also had Theo Walcott. You had Alex Oakley Chamberlain. You had a lot of players who were ahead of him in the packing order. Um, it wasn't straightforward that he was going to get selected against the likes of Theo and Alex oxley chamberlain I mean, they're both, at that time, they were good quality, top-end Premier League mm. players. And Naby was a kid. It's hard. You know, no one knew what was going to happen. I mean, if everyone was, I think everyone knew he was going to be a good player. But Bayern Munich Player of the Year, three years later, nobody saw that coming. Sorry. unbelievable, Sorry, really. you know, no mm. one had, no one had that, that sort of crystal ball. Joe Willock looking quite He's good. The really go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the one I'm really excited about. Yeah. He's the one. I in fact I've seen a couple of people on Twitter and I agree. I I said to Chris walking up the uh, the road before I think he could start the first game of season. Do you think? Because I think we well Shaka and Terreira both sorry um Elneny, well I forget Elneny. But Terreira <laughs> mm-hmm. won't be available for the first game of the season because of extended copper uh, duty. Gündoğan as well. Is he Gündoğan still not back. Yeah. So I think it could be Shakra and Willock in the centre midfield first game of the season. And I don't think any Arsenal fan would have any issue with that. Well, this is great because this is the one thing that you've been... We've
1: talked a lot about this on this station, that the one thing you love about pre-season is seeing these young up-and-coming
0: players. And here's a prime example of that. But I actually want to see them in the season as well this year. We've also had this conversation. (laughs) As a Man United fan, you feel the same about young players. I mean, you know, as I've said to you before, Matt, I think, you know, in a season where you know you're not going to change the league... Let's just let's just enjoy our football. And you never enjoy your football more than watching homegrown. Absolutely not. Homegrown players is what it's
1: all about. Next, we are going to be discussing we care. Do you?
3: Love sports.
1: Yep, this is Love Sport. This is the Arsenal fan show with me, Matt Beadle, and the guys from Gunnarsen Town, Dave Seeger and Chris Howard. If you want to join the debate, please get in touch. It's 208 70 You can WhatsApp us on that line as well. Or you can tweet us at lovesportradio.com. No, well, that's the website address. You can just tweet us at lovesportradio. It's very simple. Right, we are moving on to a petition that is very close to these guys' hearts. Hashtag we care do you. And I'm delighted to say we've got Simon Collings on the line from the Evening Standard. How are you doing, Simon?
3: I'm good, guys. How are you?
1: Hello, Simon. Very well, mate. Now, what's the reaction been like for you with regards to this petition? More than 100,000 fans have signed it now.
3: Um, well, first and foremost, on the campaign, I think the most impressive thing from me from a, a journalistic point of view, from a, a PR point of view, was just how quickly the guys behind this, the organisers, got this to spread and got the message out there. I mean, we see a lot of campaigns at different football clubs, but I don't think I can remember a campaign that hits, you know... Every national newspaper website Uh, it was on Sky Sports News. It was trending on Twitter. Uh, You know, I saw a clip the other day that someone retweeted that it was on the news in India. I mean, from that point alone, I think it's an incredible effort to to have a campaign that's that far reached. And by the fact that Josh Cronkrie responded so quickly to the campaign shows it worked. Because for me, I think what this has done is it is hopefully started up a dialogue between the fans and the owners that for the past few years hasn't really been there.
2: Hi, Simon, it's Chris here. Um, Do you think it's going to make much of a difference?
3: Um, Only time is going to tell us that, but I, I personally think it will simply because of, you know, the manner in which the Cronkies responded. I mean, it was so swift that, you know, within the same day there was a statement out, you know, he did an open letter he did an interview with the club. He did a huddle with journalists. You know, it could have been very easy for Cronky to have just done that open letter and leave it at that. But the fact, you know, they went so big on it, um, for me, is an indication of how seriously they took it. And, and they're right to take it that seriously because 100,000 signatures, you know, every major media outlet hit, deserves to be taken seriously. So I believe it will. Well, it will only take time for us to find out if it will. But for me personally... I think this could be a campaign that, that really does make a difference.
2: Well, the ho- I think the hope from the guys of us that have um, put this together is that this isn't just a, you know, a flash in the pan, so to speak. And this is an ongoing um, pursuit for some accountability there. My only concern is that I saw a few pieces going backwards and forwards when... Um, Something similar, not something similar, but something had happened with the Denver Nuggets, and I think Cronky had, resp- Josh Cronky had responded with what felt like almost a carbon copy-type response. And so my worry is, is this just the polished PR Josh uh, responding in an almost identical way than he did, I think it was a few years back now? Three years ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, that'll be the key one. I think the question will be if in a year's time you can look back and evaluate the difference it was, because... The fact that the dialogue is now opened, I think, I think is the key, but it, it needs to maintain. Yeah, um But I, I agree with you that the only time can tell us that. But I think the fact and I thought the open letter was naturally very polished, as expected would be. But I, I felt a bit more um, emotion came across from Josh Conkey, certainly in that huddle he did with the reporters who are out there, which hopefully suggests a sign of there being a dialogue that can be opened up.
0: Yeah, hi Simon. Uh, Simon, it's Dave here. I think also the other thing is, you know, those who were involved in the toing and froing and putting the statement together, the intention was very clearly to make it completely unantagonistic. Everything in there was measured. Everything in there was reasonable. Everything in there was sensible. Everything in there was something that could be addressed over a period of time, not asking for it to happen overnight. What was interesting, however, I think to some of us was we were very, very delighted to get an instant response from Josh. But the only thing that slightly concerned us was that he seemed to make the response a little bit about, oh, they just want me to spend money. And that's why I think Thursday's Q&A at the club is the key next stage because there was no single thing in that open statement that talked about spending lots of money, (laughs) uh, which he seemed to think was maybe what we were asking for.
3: Yeah, I I, I think that was perhaps an example of what people outside of, you know, Arsenal fans or the general media assume that Arsenal fans' frustration is about spending money. And and I think the key thing for this campaign is that, as you say, it's very different to your classic, you know, Wenger out, demanding change sort of thing. It was more about opening a dialogue and, and starting a conversation to take place. Um, I think that was perhaps sort of Cronky, almost responding in a manner to what people think Arsenal fans' biggest concern is. Rather than the actual minutiae of what the you know the statement said, and as you say, that Thursday will be interesting to see if that can you know be the start of what needs to be a better relationship between the board. Are and the you team.
0: going to be at the meeting on Thursday, Simon?
3: I won't be at the meeting on Thursday, but I'll be very intrigued following proceedings. I'm sure the rest of the the supporters will be as well.
1: Yeah, Simon. I think the key thing here that you, everybody has mentioned is that there hasn't been any malice around this petition. You often find when fans get petitions and campaigns going, it's real anger. This has been quite a considered um, campaign from the Arsenal supporters groups, all 16 of them. I was going to ask you to name them, guys. But I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Um, and what I would say, Dave, is that you made quite a good point about the fact that nowhere in the statement... There's a first for everything. But you, <laughs> said, you, I mean, you said nowhere in the statement has it been put out there that this is all about money being spent on transfers. It's just the way in which this money is being spent. And I think the Mm -hmm. key term for me, Simon, was the fact that it's about reinvigorating Arsenal Football Club. That's what the people want. And we've seen ex-players, you know, Kevin Campbell, Lee Harper, perhaps not such a huge ex-player, but it's still a voice. Mm. But Simon, what I want to ask you as a journalist is in your experience of fan petitions and fan campaigns, history would suggest that they eventually don't get brilliant results. What do you think is going to come from this?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the problem with, with fan campaigns can be that it comes across, certainly to owners and, and boards, as it being, you know, an attack. We want you out of the club, get out of our club, or get ex manager out of our club. And the way that this statement is, was framed by the, you know, the 16 signatories was about working together. And I think that could be its key to its success the fact that it's not, you know, get out of the club. Give it back to us. It's about look. Let's all work together, and let's try and get get uh, you know Arsenal back to the, the place that everyone wants it to be. Um, and I think what what it should get out of it is, as we said, is creating an actual dialogue where fans can raise points to the board members. And you know that was always a key thing about the AGM was the fact that there was that one time a year where fans could raise points. And I think if this can go some way to just opening up the you know the difficulty that has been between the board and the fans then it will have achieved success and from there it can can hopefully build to greater things.
0: I think also Simon something you may not have seen although I know obviously you're on Arsenal Twitter as well as your day job but there has been a lot of approaches to people who are involved in We Care to You from Newcastle. Mm. Um, A lot of Newcastle fan groups and campaigners have asked for those of us involved in this campaign to be at St James's Park and campaign with them. They are again assuming it's all about Cronky out because they want Ashley out and they want us to campaign and join them before Mm. the game and a very mature response from everybody, even though we're not all identical in the group, everybody said, no way are we doing that, That that's absolutely not, Mm. that's the worst thing we could do, even if we were just having a drink with him in the pub before the game, we can't be seen to be doing that because we need to keep this at the level and in the way the diplomatic way we have put it in the first place.
2: I think we're very clear as well on the yeah we are we have been clear very very from the from the first moment that we have a certain uh expectations and those expectations aren't just get him out of the club spend loads of money it's it's about Accountability. It's about well, let's have a dialogue about what's happening with these European Super League. Let's talk about the safe standing as well. You know, this is all; these are all issues. Improving that the way the, the tickets are sold by
0: people who exactly. can't use their tickets on the day of the game to make sure we've got a better atmosphere. These are all things that we can all address in a straightforward
2: fashion. This isn't fashion. just a group of fans shouting loudly into microphones or online. That do they do that they in their own time. They want lots of, you know, lots of cash to be chucked from a guy that is a private owner of the of the club now. That's not it.
3: So- no, I totally agree with you guys. And I, and I think that is the difference that it can be to other campaigns, the, the way it's been delivered, the tone of it. And, and you only need to look the fact that you had all those different fan groups coming together. I mean, that's unprecedented. Not, that's not only in Arsenal, but in, in any football club, to have that many... Mm. Different groups come together. It's not going to be some sort of extremist message if you have that many groups come together. It's going to be something
0: that's thought out
3: and considered.
0: That was the key. That was why it should be successful. That was the key to the whole thing. But anyway, while we've still got you, you are obviously the lead reporter at the Standard for Watford and Palace. So let's get a let's get a Crystal Palace perspective on Wilfrid Zaha from an Arsenal fan. (laughs) 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 Two heads on with this one, Simon. I wonder how this is going to (laughs) go. Yeah.
3: Well. I think this is gonna be the of all the, the transfer deals going on at the moment, I know there's obviously Harry Maguire and Manchester United, but this feels like the one that's gonna
0: never heard gonna rumble
3: on <laughs> that's gonna rumble on the most till the end of the window. Simply because, you know, for Palace before the window started, uh the strong message coming out of there was we don't wanna sell wan Bazaka or Zahar, but we cannot absolutely have a window where we sell both players because you know, from a, Arsenal fans will know this from when it was, you know, the whole Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez saga in that January transfer window. And in the end, you know, as soon as Sanchez had gone, it was from the club's view, it was like, we cannot lose Mesut Ozil here. And he got that big contract, which obviously now many people have an issue with. And I think it's a similar situation for Palace where now they are like, we cannot afford to lose Zaha and Wan-Bissaka in the same window. And that is why they're so, you know, strong over this £80 million valuation. And you couple that with Arsenal having a limited budget is going to be a very, very difficult one to get done. And, and for me, it will be the deal of all the ones going at the moment that will go right down till that 8th of August window.
1: Simon, do you think here that Arsenal was slow on the uptake and that if they'd got in ahead of United wanting Wan-Bissaka, this might have gone through a bit quicker or a bit easier?
3: Yeah, it was always going to be the case that... <laughs> this is Arsenal
0: we're, we're talking about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was always going to be the case that whichever one of those players you try to do a deal for first was going to be easiest. But I think with with Arsenal and that budget, the deal they're trying to structure for Zaha is is, is much harder to do than Man United from Wan-Bissaka. I think, you know, when United started Wan-Bissaka, they weren't miles off the valuation. And there was always a, an opinion that, you know, United will eventually get there. They've got the money to do this. I mean, the talk is they're going to go and spend £80 million on Maguire. So I think that was always an easier deal to be done. Um And with Zaha, I think as well, from a Palace perspective, if you're going to lose one of the two, I mean, wan is a brilliant player, but you can lose your right-back. But to lose Zaha, who is is your talisman, that's going to seriously impact you next season. So it it, it is a really difficult one for Arsenal to do, but I think that sort of wide forward is, I'm sure you guys would agree, is, is a sort of player who could make a big difference at, at Arsenal yeah
2: sorry to be um, out of the loop here has he Zaha definitely handed in a transfer request did that happen or is that just the speculation no, he's,
3: no that was uh, he's supposedly told the club that he wants to go there's not been any sort of official transfer request of, of that nature yet
1: it's funny isn't it we keep seeing that story re- being regurgitated you kind of sense that his agent is constantly on at the papers <laughs> just release it again just release it again Simon <laughs> it's been brilliant having you on thank you very much thanks, for your man. time thanks guys thank you that was Simon Collings of The Evening Standard talking all things hashtag We Care Do You. Quite an incredible campaign now, chasing 200,000 signatures. Right after this, we are going to be talking about a hero maybe turned to a villain, Lauren Koscielny. This is Love Sport. Yep, this is Love Sport and you are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show. Me, Matt Beadle here with Gunnerstown guys Dave Seeger and Chris Howard if you want to call us, please do so. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. Way into the debate with these guys. That's also on WhatsApp. That number or tweet us at, at Love Sport Radio. Now, Laurent Koscielny, fellas. this one, in my opinion, should be dead and buried. It should have been sorted at the end of last season. It was quite clear. I would imagine, from Koscielny's standpoint, that he wanted to leave. How he's had not had that conversation with the powers that be at the club, and they've let him go gracefully. I do not know. Well, what you think? We should let him go on a free. I, I just think that, listen, nine-year service, right? So he's given 9 years service. He's given a lot to the club. Yes, the club have given a lot back to Laurent Koscielny, but I just think that you're now in this horrible situation where a club captain is at the stage where he wants to leave the club.
2: It is a horrible situation, but how many other football teams, Premier League football teams, have the, have a, a player that's under contract that then will just let them go for free? it seem, It seems to me that we've had this... This period of time, whereby under Arsene Wenger's tenure, where it's like we're we're patting people on the back and saying, "Oh, well, you know, we really like you, and you know, you you've become quite friendly with Arsene. so arsenal let you go for nothing." It's no; these players are contracted. You are contracted. You have a job to do. If if you want to go, and if we if it's in our interest, then absolutely fine. But we will take some money for it. And from my point of view, I think Arsenal should maybe they should take the view that okay, we will let you go. Maybe their valuation at nine ten million pound is a little bit steep, but my view would be: all right, fine, five million quid and you can go. You're 33 going on 34. We'll that take five 10, million quid adds for you. That ten percent to our budget. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I do absolutely agree with that. He shouldn't go on a free. My fear is that all this stuff going on with Zaha. The focus shouldn't, it doesn't need to be on Koscielny. I kind of feel like Arsenal are going to waste a lot of time going back and forth with Koscielny and whoever it is that he's going to go to. You just kind of want to wrap it up, not make it a big deal. I also don't understand
0: why we even know about it. Hmm. Why did the club have to issue a statement? All they had to say was Koscielny's not travelling to America, he's got a niggle. That's all they had to do, and they could have dealt with it behind closed doors. (laughs) They made a public statement saying our captain will not travel. Has refused
2: to travel to America. I did not understand. I that. thought that was a good thing. But why? Personally, well, because the club's saying no, we're not going to just hide. Bo- we're not going to let players get away with this. Uh, yeah, cl- but if they just sold it Koscielny- five million to Ren
0: the following week, we wouldn't have known, and we would have got what we wanted.
2: Well, the problem is, is that maybe Kersheny playing harder ball than we thought, and so the club thought, Do you know what, screw this. We're gonna we're gonna throw you under the bus here publicly, and I've got no problem with that, to be honest with you. If that player is acting like that. Sorry, mate, but...
1: Is it not a real shame that it's come to this, though? Oh, right? yeah,
2: massively. But Giroud and Flamini said he's just not that sort of chap. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of Giroud, so... Sorry, Giroud are you talking about? Or yeah, maybe... Johan- no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> no, no. <they're
1: laughs> Very <laughs> confusing, nice, the two of them. Good
0: segue there. You were trying to link into the poll, I, weren't I was. No, what, no what, I, what I was trying to introduce was the fact that, you know, obviously we know that Crescione's not going to be part of our first team's th- plan this year. We have a situation with Shodran Mustafi, who was a reasonably good player, who seems to have been shot of all confidence, and, and literally the other day looked like he was playing for a non-league side when he was playing in the friendly. He mm. he just cannot do anything. He's a mm. World Cup winner for crying out loud. Mm. So we have, and we have holding who's not quite going to be ready for the start of the season. So it looks like we've got so- Socrates and, and and Chambers probably starting for Arsenal, and. Emery has said, well, we haven't announced the Saliba deal, but everyone knows the deal's done. He turned down Tottenham, everybody, to sign for Arsenal. But Emery said, I wanted him so badly that I was willing to wait a year. So there's no, we're not going to go out and buy a top centre-back on a three-year deal. So I was just having a little laugh this morning, looking at good centre-backs that are out of contract, and right. came up with Cahill... Thomas Vermaelen, only 33, won the league last year at Barcelona, and Johan Juru, another ex Arsenal player. <laughs> I
2: love the way you, Sorry, Sindra, I love the way you say won the league last year at Barcelona. He right? single handedly. He, he played seven games. I also love the way <laughs> you
1: said only 33. Now, yeah. when, you, when I got these names in front of me, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I like the fact that you were having a bit of fun. So. Oh,
0: I, and the fourth thing on our poll was, or someone else. And a lot of Arsenal fans, and there were a lot of people acted to the poll, 50% said we should sign Cahill on a free. And I have no issue with that, and I know Chris agrees no, with that. No issue. Because we're not looking for someone to come into Arsenal for three years. We're looking for someone to, to be a third or fourth choice for a year. Mm. Do you so, think, why not? But do you think Gary Cahill wants to be a third or
1: fourth choice? That's part of the reason he's leaving Chelsea. Yeah,
2: yeah see, I've got a, bit Has of he a theory left? on he, He's on a free, though. He's, he's on a, gone. Well, he's yeah, on yeah. a free. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, that there's so much arrogance in the footballing world, and footballers are arrogant people generally speaking there are some very nice ones in the world but um I would it wouldn't surprise me if Gary Cahill would be the sort of person to say do you know what I think I could establish myself in the team so yeah I'll, I'll have a go yeah. I, I think I guess the question is going to be wages how much is he going to want um is he going to want so in an Arsenal situation they probably want to say well here you go. a one-year deal someone like Gary Cahill could probably go to a mid-table. Premier League club and get a two or a three year deal. Well, you say so that, but where, why hasn't he? Well, why isn't Danny Welbeck signed up again? So, but
0: we are, but they haven't. So not everyone's going to leave it till the last day of the window.
1: Well, he only played eight times last season, Gary Cahill. So clearly out of match practice, that would come with pre-season. Yeah. For Marlon, amazingly, has played less than fifty games since he left Arsenal. In, in 2014
0: but he recently played for Belgium against Scotland
1: Yeah, so he's still getting picked for his country I mean we know what kind of player he is right? he can do a job on his day it's just whether he's right it's interesting you mentioned Callum Chambers is there absolutely no belief within Arsenal fans that he can do a job
0: no I, I, absolutely. I have we, belief we, we both I'm believe I'm a big fan I believe okay. no, that's what I'm saying I think he'll start the season alongside and you happy with that yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Right, okay. but he's starting the season because holding's not fair mm. so I think he would be vying with holding and Socrates for first choice and I think The fact that he's not been thrown into the mix as a potential, you know, make way in a Sahar deal tells you that I think Emery may be thinking about keeping him. And he had a great season for Fulham. And he can play two positions. I think the concerns
2: are his pace because potentially his position as well. And even Fulham fans have said him being the last man, the last line of defence bit of an issue where he excelled last season was in defensive midfield. We don't really need. Well, we do, but because Torreira is not going to be back, but he's not going to get that opportunity. Arsenal want him as a centre half. Is he going to make it as a centre half first choice? Probably not. That that's the question mark. It's we have a Callum Chambers that I'm not sure whether he'll ever do it, but he's almost a bit of a stopgap at the moment. Mm,
0: so I don't know. But I mean, it, the, the interesting thing is, there's people like Umtiti is available mm-hmm. on loan. Yep. Why on earth has no one signed Aldovar for 25 million on a release call? How would you feel about that? I'm very happy. Very happy. It'd sure, be hilarious. I'm not sure Toby would want to be Sol Campbell Mark
2: too, but I don't know. No. I think he's got, isn't, isn't there a deal to be done with Roma? which Well, we've been talking about. I heard today
0: so. that, that he's thinking he's going to stay and yeah. Tottenham are going to keep him and let him Let, let him, run him go down. on a free next Do year. Do a Ramsey.
1: Well, yeah. we, won't, we won't do too much on, on Tottenham, right? This is the Arsenal fan show. Um, <laughs> but formation's come into this as well, right? Because it all depends on how Emery's going to set things up. He likes to play with a two, but he also likes to play with a three. And that's where both Kalasinach and Monreal, and I know we're going to come on to that, mm. are both playing. So we could have an option where he's going to line up with Three centre
0: backs. Well, he did that obviously against Fiorentina for the first half, and you know you could see on Arsenal Twitter and the people watching the game, it just doesn't work. You know, and it, well, I think we 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 fell into that situation last year out of desperation because our defence was so poor. Rather than he didn't start the season that way, he didn't. There was no indication he was ever going to play three at the back until the second half of the season, mm-hmm. and then he started trying it. And it was a way of playing Lacassette and Abamyang together. I don't. I don't feel. That he's ever going to go to that situation as his first choice formation. I think, however, in pre-season it's sensible, you know, like it's in training, to play
2: different formations in case you need to. He did do that at Seville, though, didn't he? He did play, um, certainly with more advanced um, wing-backs at Seville. But it was in, so, it was
0: with the two centre-backs, and not with three. OK. Because he played two sitting midfield players. Right, Very okay. sitting, you know, and the full-backs were a given licence. The the other
1: issue going back to Koscielny here is the whole captain situation Ugh. at Arsenal. So Emery likes to do this <laughs> multiple seventy two captain million captains. Yeah. Captain situation. And look, Koscielny looks like he's on his way. Ramsey's obviously gone. By the way, let's just quickly touch on Ramsey. I know he's not an Arsenal player anymore, but a great interview. Right, that opening interview, did you see that? Yeah. Speaking in the Italian. In the Italian, yeah. Gareth Bale could learn a thing or two, right? I mean, it's very, very impressive. I'm not sure the Spanish there. would understand Gareth Bale who spoke Italian, though. <laughs> 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 but, um. Dave, Dave Seager, everyone, you just, you can't beat him. The comedy um, legend that is. Aaron Ramsey <laughs> has obviously gone. Petr Cech, obviously, no longer there. So, look, Granite Jack has come out recently and said it's not about the armband, it's not all about that. We don't care about that. But, as Arsenal fans, would you much rather see that number one captain every week same
2: bloke you know who it's going to be yeah Carl Jenkinson (laughs) Carl Jenkinson would really put his heart and soul into the programme notes he would he would and then it will be much it will be worth that that (laughs) that £3.50 I'll tell you something now if
0: you put if you put the whole Arsenal first team squad on Twitter in a poll I think you only get four options if you did Mm -hmm. I can tell you now who would win go on Hector Bellerin all day every day yeah easily I would say he'd get 70% of the poll Hector. And I would vote for Hector. And I think handsome would probably, Hector. Not because yeah, not he's handsome, but no, I just would. I mean, he's the one that everyone thinks should be captain. But he will go. If he wants, he's obviously still got Ozil there. He's got Shaka there. He's already nominated Nacho, which obviously just signed a one-year extension. So mm-hmm. Nacho's going to be a club captain. I don't know how many times Nacho's going to play, but he's he's going to be involved. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Terreira, but yeah. Holding's no. another one he said. He's earmarked Holding for the future, which tells you what he thinks about Rob Holding as well. So. Well, then but got... no, I would go with you, Matt. I'd rather have a captain, vice-captain, that's it. It
1: just makes so much more sense, doesn't it? Bernd is another one that you haven't mentioned there. Obviously, he's played pretty well in pre-season. Coming up against Manuel Neuer, as well as his fellow countrymen, he kind of he kind of won that battle, I think. Looking mm. very people. good. From an Arsenal
0: perspective, Martinez has looked good as well, which is nice that yeah. he's going to try and make that set. Because he'll be playing, obviously, in all the cup games and the Europa League. Well, so.
2: th- well that's interesting, isn't it? Because we would not really talk too much about him. Um, but we, we lost the Spina... Not that that was too great a loss. And then Chex retired. And Martinez has just appeared. And he, he just looks comfortable there, doesn't he? I mean, I guess he is, what, 26, 27 now. He's so. always been
0: a bit of a gooner, hasn't he? So he's yeah. always been around. He never wanted to leave. You know? He's always had faith in his own ability. And last year, I mean, was it Reading? He was fantastic. Was it Reading he started for last year? Yeah, he went around, it was yeah, Reading. It he was, he was, yeah, was, he was very, brilliant very Reading. And he's had good loan spells at other clubs as well. So it's, time, it's time. It's yeah. time for
2: him to get a few games, get 10, 15 games. And let's Matt see will what tell you, happens,
0: 26, 27, so. not old for a goalkeeper, is it?
1: Absolutely not old. No, not at all. Coming to your prime when you're about 30. But funnily enough on goalkeepers as well, you've got Martinez, you've got Leno. What you're seeing now with a lot of Premier League clubs, you saw it at United bringing in Lee Grant, Chelsea brought in Rob Green, Andrew Lonergan is away with Liverpool at the moment in, Bizarre, on their US one, tour yeah wonderful and there's a possibility that he might sign as a third choice Arsenal don't really have that option right there's not strength in depth No, it well, well, Lacey
0: was on Matt, Macy. Lace, Matt Matt Macy, Macy was yeah. on loan at Plymouth all last year Ilief's gone on loan again I think Right, but Macy's still around at the moment I, it don't they, really I don't, get th- th- I don't think, to... think they'll buy a third
2: choice. It doesn't really get down to third choice, though. I
0: know Willow says there's a, there's a young lad who's about 17, 18 in the youth. Who's I can't think of his name. But he says he will be a first-team player at Arsenal. He's that convinced. Was a young wow. lad? I can't think of his name though.
1: While we're talking about goalkeepers, I we said I said we weren't going to talk about Spurs anymore, but we check. he got done, didn't he? By the person you would not want him to get done by.
2: Yeah, in a pre-season friendly, which basically means a square root and the You see the Spurs
0: fans coming out saying, oh, they're making such mad. a big
2: deal out of it. So, Chesney's
0: won about six trophies, Juventus, in the last three years. And Kane's yeah. won, what, Player of the Month?
2: Yeah. Does
1: yeah. this not epitomise everything about this rivalry, though? That's what's perfect about it. You're going to get loads of this throughout the season. We he did, he did Chesney. Uh. One, Chesney's not an Arsenal player anymore. Yep. So doesn't matter. And two He's still like a gooner said, though, that's like, why. He is. He is, absolutely. He Chin up, like he always does. Chin up. But yeah, it just it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is where Twitter is both wonderful and horrendous <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> okay, right. Funny. We we are gonna move on to the legend of the week after this and also touch on the left back debate. This is Love Sport Radio and the Arsenal fan show.
3: Love sports.
1: Yep, that was your Arsenal fan Legend of the Week introduction. Who is it going to be, guys? Who is it going to be? I'm very excited about this.
2: Nigel. Hey,
0: Nigel Nutty Winterburn. What a man. <laughs> We've chosen Nigel because he's a legend, obviously, and because it, it, it sort of gives us a seamless segue into the last section of the show where we are talking about <laughs> left backs.
2: But no, Nigel Winterburn, part of the, probably the greatest
0: back four English footballs ever seen.
2: Yeah, do you know what? He was also, I would say the most unassuming of all of the back four because you've got the centre half that take you know it's the last line of the defence lee dixon was a penalty taker you know he, he, a bit more of a gregarious character but nigel was uh ran sort away of from unassuming yeah, yeah. yeah unassuming but brilliant he was he was a brilliant and a long-standing member and he went to west ham didn't he, he was, yeah it was he a really
0: did. i i i had the opportunity through the um oh crikey what's it called the, uh, they do this thing where you can play with legends you know I did yep. it last year and I played with them. I, play five I think this a... is called play with the legends well yeah I played yeah. with <laughs> Josh Landy's charity no, no, it's, no, it's, I played with Nigel but he, he talked in a Q and a afterwards and a really interesting story that I don't think really came out that often that he was offered the chance when uh, Sylvania was coming through and uh, David Dean came down and personally said here's your contract we value you we want you to sign we're giving you a massive pay rise and uh he said, Give me twenty four hours to think about it and no one at that time at Arsenal we were mm. winning everything. And to to not to have a personal let you know, meeting with David Dean and say, I'll need to think about it and the next day he came back and said, No, I want to play every week. West Ham have come in for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the club I love because I want to play football every week. How many players in this day and yeah. age you know and he was you know, he'd won the he'd won the double, you know, he'd won everything at Arsenal and he just I just wanna play every week. I'm still good enough, and he was about thirty-four. I mean, he won the double when he yeah. was thirty-three, mm. and he went a year, a year after. he just, but he was playing for. He won, he won the league at Anfield in eighty-nine. He won, you know, he was in the side in eighty-eight, and he left in about nineteen ninety-nine. Eleven years playing for a team that was winning things at left back. He played something like. 450 games for Arsenal or something. Well well that obviously league
1: winning team in 1989 he was the the free kick taker wasn't he floated it in for Alan Smith and he scored in the penultimate game against Wimbledon which mm. was huge because obviously it went to goal difference. It was his old team as well. Yeah, with a right foot screamer. I remember seeing an interview where he said, "I didn't know what I was." Seeing. Great first touch, <laughs> came inside and just walloped it. Top bins, incredible. I think we in ninety-eight when we won the double. He did that one against Chelsea as well, where he scored a screamer, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Incredible there. celebration. Just sort of did the weird, run round, not really.
0: Well, he didn't know what he'd done. Yeah. He was just so surprised <laughs> that he'd done it, sort of thing. But uh, I he played when he first signed. He played at right back as well because mm. Kenny Sampson was left back, and they signed him, and he couldn't dislodge Kenny. But he said, oh, "I'll play, I'll play anyway." I played at right back for a season. In fact, he he missed a penalty. In the eighty-eight, the
1: Littlewoods Little Cup final against Luton, yeah, his first season, Andy Dibble.
2: I mean, he was just a. He comes across as a very, very nice person, but it, it's, it's. I don't want to sound sort of a bit sort of old manish here, but it's from an era that just doesn't. You can't even imagine these days. If you told a a kid that the story that you just said about David Dean and said, you know. You're going to be sticking around for 11 years, whatever it is. Play this number of games, you know. I wonder, did he even have an agent? Probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. It was just, you know. No, he didn't. In fact. So, so it's it was different time, and football has evolved so rapidly. A lot of it not for the better. And you look back on players like that with such fond. I look back on players like that with such fondness. The purity of football. And also, it
0: was a different era because fullbacks were fullbacks. Mm. defenders first and foremost and one of the travesties for Nigel Winterburn is I think he played two times for England and it was the whole Arsenal back I mean, with the exception of Adams I mean Bold had about two caps really late on Dixon had about 21 yeah. Winterburn I think had one or two caps it was only Tony Adams and, it, and it? It was obviously with, understandable when, you, when it's Stuart Pearce but then it's Tony DiRigo and Graham Lasso yeah. and Winterburn got no caps against I, Tony I, DiRigo
1: I actually read a, a great bit on this because sporadic performance is obviously under Sabobi and Graham Taylor. He did get called up by Howard Wilkinson when he was caretaker, friendly against France in 99. And it's such a shame because Seaman was in goal. Dixon was at right back. Adams and Keown were centre-backs. Wow. Unbelievable. He would have. Compl- I mean, that would never have happened ever. I don't think it has ever happened, and it probably
0: never will happen. But yeah, Graham. So, se- but it left used back. to happen because in the seventies, I remember you know, the midfield. You had like McDermott, you had Johnson, you had Keegan, you had all these Liverpool. There was loads of you know. You did have that, but it, it never happened for Arsenal. It's crazy. That it never happened.
2: And also, but but in that situation, there's so much to be said. I'm not even talking about Arsenal now, but there is so much to be said between. Partnerships and relationships, particularly in defense, yeah, and you don't see that very much mm. at all in international football or yeah I, I, that's a real like you said it's a real one time sort of scenario
1: I think the fact it reached popular culture in the Four monty as well was absolutely brilliant <laughs> but the, anyway. the, the, the extra thing on on Nigel Winsburn that I want to bring up because it's what I think about a lot is this started in 88 by the way when you mentioned he was playing right back it was yeah. the FA Cup fifth round against United and he taunted Brian McClare for missing that penalty oh yeah a few years later Crikey O'Reilly he was getting mm. lumps kicked out of him by Brian McClare because of that lunge on Dennis Irwin that was was that uh, the brawl at Old Trafford that was the hole, brawl yeah. at Old Trafford that went to David
0: Seaman <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> which um, yeah I mean that's,
0: that's part of his legacy what surely. he normally did though was he would start it and then run away <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, he, he wouldn't be involved. He'd either be. He wouldn't be involved. He'd run the whole length of the pitch to get involved and shout at the referee and then run away
2: again. <laughs> he left. It, he, he, he did. He did like to leave a foot in, though, didn't he? It
0: was a terrible challenge,
1: <laughs> an <laughs> awful challenge. But Irwin got up, kicked him. McClare, you've never seen anything like it on a football pitch. Actually, kicking him in the back, but fine two weeks' wages. Funnily enough, as was Limpar, Rowcastle, um, Davis, and George Graham was fined two weeks' wages for that. I find that extraordinary. The club fined their manager two weeks' wages. No. Don't weird. hear that
2: now. No, do you? That's weird. They'll all be shuffled under a carpet somewhere. Yeah.
0: But anyway, I wish we had a left back like Nutty today. It was one of those debates that Arsenal fans will have in the modern era because you had Kenny Sampson, Nigel Winterburn, Ashley Cole. Mm. And you, you know, there will be obviously most fans would probably say Ashley Cole was the best left back of the modern generation. But when you've had Sampson and Winterburn beforehand, yeah. there's three and Bob McNabb before that to be fair you've had amazing left backs at Arsenal and now we've got Kalasinich. And, and, and we know but we have had Nacho on Monreal which brings us on to the Tierney thing I guess yeah thank yeah. you Nigel we've done a legend <laughs> of the week you've yeah. had some awful ones we've, as well, left, we've left nothing left for Tierney though <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: who was the dodgy one um, was he Mexican the left back was Slovenian. it Sancho. Sanchez, Sanchez oh Santos oh, oh, San- oh, San- no. San- Brazilian yeah Brazilian yeah. dreadful yeah. Um, but yes we will move on so yeah. Nacho Monreal Sir Kolasinac if the Tierney deal cannot get done,
2: what are we going to see here? Are you guys happy with this as a left-back? I uh, think the Tierney deal the team, will get done, yeah, however... yeah, I think I think it will get done as well. Um, if, if it doesn't, then what's the options? It's we go again with what we've got and Monreal is not going to get any better because he declined last season. And Kolasinic, unless somebody gives him some sort of defensive brain implant, we're, <laughs> we're still going to get a guy that's good going forward. But when he's running back towards his own goal, it's a bit terrifying.
0: The only thing you are so Nacho, to be fair, is... I, I think we've said this for two or three years. Remember when he was getting the run around against Swansea about three years ago? But he comes back and he seems to start the season with a new lease of life. It's sort of February to May when he seems to run out. Mm. So maybe we can hang in there with Nacho till January and then go back. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've got no problem with Nacho starting the season
2: as left back, to be fair. I do have a problem, as Chris says, with Klasinac. I mean, Klasinac is definitely a wingback but well, this is the thing one of the most interesting things we've been talking about the fact that it doesn't work playing three at the back but what does work is playing those wing backs particularly if you've got Hector Bellerin on the right and Klasinich on the left those are the two positions where it feels absolutely tailor made but it doesn't we don't really have
0: the rest of the squad for no, that that's it and I don't the composition mean, of you the ask team is right. not There aren't many that want us to see we're playing with three at the back. I think the thing with Tierney is, whatever the press are reporting, there's been one bid, there's been a second bid. I don't think the second bid's as high as the press might have you believe. And I think Celtic have said, well, the add-ons are... if. Arsenal get in the Champions League and we don't believe they will. I mean, do you really believe that Celtic would be saying that to Arsenal? Mm. I think what's happened is, you know, the personals have been agreed with Tierney ages ago. He wants to come, but he's a Celtic boy. He's not going to do what Saha's threatening to do at Palace. He's just going to wait until Celtic accept the bid. And I think we're going to have to go back with one last bid. You did mention William Saliba earlier and the fact that you beat a certain other club to his signature. That's going to happen for Sebios this week as well I mean from Real Madrid. He's turned down Tottenham as well I
1: believe. Okay and there is one other that I'm surprised now we're talking about left backs that Arsenal don't seem to be in for. Danny Rose? Ryan Sessignon. Oh Ryan Sessignon. Is that not potentially an option for you
0: guys? Again I think he's Kalazin When I watched Sessignon is Hmm.
2: Sessignon as amazing as everyone's saying? When I watched him last season I thought decent but he looked very much, in a similar way to Gareth Bale, at, when he was at Tottenham, when, he, when they, they played him as a left-back, didn't really work. They pushed him further up the f- field and he and it, it, it erupted. Um... Cessignon strikes me as a very similar sort of player. And Tottenham, do they play that sort of style? Yeah,
0: I, I worry about that. I mean, I'm surprised at that. I was listening to Dom at lunchtime on the transfer roundup lunchtime show. He obviously knows more about Fulham than most of us, mm-hmm. off from this station. And he was saying Ryan Cessignon would not start for Fulham at the start of the season. It'll be Caballero on the left and Knockhart and on the right with uh, Mitrovic through the middle. And Cessignon, therefore, wouldn't play on the left. So the only way he's going to play for Fulham is at left back. And he's not a left back. No. He might be a left wing back. He's not a left back. I think Tottenham see that route for him, though. You mentioned the Gareth
1: Bale yeah. reference there. I think that's what they see. They see him starting as a left back and then slowly but surely
0: becoming yeah. that left midfielder.
2: No, mm, maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Ryan Sessegnon has got a huge amount of talent, but no, I'm not surprised. He wouldn't Arsenal be an Arsenal
2: team. player, yeah, no.
0: Well, a bit like blow our whole budget in one transfer, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. Again, <laughs>
1: twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, chaps, it has been nothing but a pleasure this evening. Dave Seeger and Chris Howard with me, Matt Beadle on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. We will do this all. Again next week, won't we? Now coming up after the news, we are going to be going on to a European football show. New to Love Sport, we're going to be discussing all things Neymar, all things Maurizio Sarri, all things top five leagues. There's going to be La Liga, there's going to be League One, there's going to be the the, the lads are walking out at me as I'm doing my ending. This is Love Sport Radio. Up next.